Missouri basketball's offense is going to have to carry it for the remainder of the season, but it's not just a matter of making shots. There's so much more the Tigers can do offensively to win, plus a lot of football to catch up on after my week off. So let's get going right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was out all of last week. Apologies to that. But you know what? Like all great men, I'm going to blame my wife for that because she took me on a surprise trip to Cabo. Cabo, San Lucas, Mexico for my 40th birthday. So yes, the batteries are all recharged now. So let's get to Missouri sports. And I got to tell you, I'm glad I missed the Texas A&M basketball game. That's the only game I've missed all year. And you know what? Perhaps the less said about that one, the better at this point. Obviously, Missouri had another game against the Gators. And to me, it showed another pattern that I've been noticing lately, which is especially on the road, Missouri gets off to hot starts a lot, and then they seem to fade, not only at the beginning of the game, but at the beginning of the half, at the end of the first half, I should say as well, not just at the end of the game, but at the end of halves, Missouri is starting to fade. I think a lot of that is because, of course, Missouri is playing very up-tempo basketball, but I also think that their guard depth is being challenged right now. Obviously, the elephant in the room is Isaiah Mosley. If Missouri just not only had Mosley, but just a player similar to his skill level whatsoever, just another guard piece that they could trust in the backcourt, well, I think that would take a lot of pressure off of Nick Honor, off of Des Moines Hodge, who's obviously hit a bit of a shooting slump here lately. And mostly, I think, again, Some of this is certainly just Missouri's hit a bit of a shooting slump. And if you're going to play pace and space basketball, shoot a lot of three-pointers, well, occasionally that's going to happen. And unfortunately, when Missouri does get into a bit of a shooting slump, well, then suddenly the defense can start to sag off into the paint a little bit. And suddenly Missouri, which is one of the best two-point shooting teams in the country, getting backdoor cuts, opening up the paint with spacing because you have to come out on guys like Honor and Hodge to get out to that three-point line. Well, those shots just haven't been going down as lately, so the lane starts to clog up a little bit as well. And speaking of the lane clogging up, well, I just thought Missouri, their half-court offense in particular, got bogged down by post-ups in that basketball game. In particular, too much of Kobe Brown going one-on-one against Colin Castleton by Kobe trying to basically bully his way through the paint. And that's just not the Tigers' best offense more often than not. It's one thing if Kobe Brown has a size mismatch, but clearly that wasn't the case with Colin Castleton. He proved 
over and over again, he was going to be a tough guy to score on one-on-one for anybody for Missouri. Now, Noah Carter, on the other hand, found some success with a back down occasionally here and there, but that wasn't against Castleton. That was playing against one of Florida's perimeter players. If he wants to bully a guard down in there, fine and dandy, but I just thought too often Missouri got into just, hey, let's back guys down, and especially with the way the game is officiated these days, you saw this late and several times, but DeAndre Golston even one time backing in, you know, the Florida defender, as soon as there's contact made with the Florida defender's front side and Golston's backside, well, he just falls down, and well, that's automatically a charge, and you know, considering the amount of contact that is allowed in some areas of college basketball, that particular bit of officiating always tends to get on my nerves a little bit. The bottom line for Missouri is I, I pointed out a couple flaws there. Number one, I think they're fading at the end of halves, and I think offensively they're just relying too much when the half-court offense bogs down. I think they're just getting into the post-up stuff way too much as opposed to the face-up action, letting the ball flow around the perimeter, cutting, moving, facing the basket, and letting Kobe Brown, by the way, get somebody like Colin Castleton out on the perimeter and take him off the dribble from 20 feet away. I'd much rather see that than him trying to play bully ball. But in terms of actual depth at the guard position. I'm not really sure what much more Missouri can do other than just wait for Isaiah Mosley to get back on the team. Again, I have no information on him whatsoever. There are things much more important than basketball, so I just wish that young man the best. The bottom line is, other than maybe playing DeAndre Golston a few more minutes in the last game, I don't know what you can really do other than slow the pace down, maybe just a tiny bit. I don't think Missouri should play slow whatsoever. I think they have to push the pace when it's there, but maybe don't force it quite as much. At the same time, regardless of how fast they're playing, again, I think Missouri just has to play its best basketball. And even if they're making, excuse me, even if they're missing three pointers, even if you're in a cold stretch, well, as Clarence Gilbert would probably tell you, hey, shoot or shoot, just keep putting them up there. I'd much rather see Missouri go down playing what I think is its best version of basketball than trying to suddenly become a post-up team. I, didn't, I don't think that worked against Florida. It certainly didn't work against the Kansas Jayhawks either. I also thought this game showed the value that Aiden Shaw has brought to the table at this point in the season because with Shaw being held out of the game, I heard it was because of illness. Never saw anything post-game that was 100% confirmed there, but I expect Shaw to be back sooner rather than later. But with Shaw out, you saw Mohamed Diara get his most minutes, possibly of the season, but certainly in a long, long time in an important basketball game. And, well, I thought it was a real mixed bag from Diara. On one hand, I thought he moves around much better than I expected. A very fluid, at least quick, his quickness surprised me. Let's put it that way. Fluidity, maybe not. That's questionable because he managed to commit a bunch of fouls in his short amount of time. And obviously that missed fast break dunk that led to a Florida three-pointer. Boy, that really felt like a, a huge moment in the basketball game. If he's just able to finish that play, you know, who knows what happens. But at the same time, also, I just didn't love that 
His rebounding just didn't look to be there whatsoever. He didn't look like he was a good rebounder at all. So if you think playing Diara is going to suddenly change Missouri's fortunes on the glass, well, I just didn't see a whole lot of evidence for that against Florida. I think Shaw is actually, despite the fact that he's a younger player, seemingly a skinnier built player, I just think he's a much more aggressive rebounder and certainly a better leaper too. So actually Shaw, I think, was really missed for all the little things that he provided and can provide, could have provided, I should say, against the Gators. And coming up, well, I know it's been a few days since Missouri hired Kirby Moore as their next offensive coordinator. I got to have my say on the matter. It really seems like the Missouri offense won't change dramatically, but I do think this is a very necessary and good change. So let's talk about that coming up. But first, I want to tell you that as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. And I'll tell you, I know this from personal experience. Whether it's hiring the right person or the wrong person, well, that's going to have a major impact on whatever you want to achieve in your small business coming up. Well, at LinkedIn, you've got 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of to find your most qualified candidates. And even better, with advanced screening tools, you're going you're gonna to narrow down that huge list to exactly the most qualified people that you want. Once again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks once again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. Plus here from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get finer podcasts. And Eli Drinkwitz did what we kind of all expected, right? He finally hired an offensive coordinator, kind of an open secret that that was going to happen at some point. But to a lot of people's surprise, wasn't Bush Hamden who took over play calling duties toward the end of the season for Missouri to pretty good results for the most part. I would say improved results, no question about that. But, you know, as Drinkwitz said, as he was introducing Kirby Moore, he was adamant to his entire staff that he wasn't going to be making any decisions about that offensive coordinator position until after the bowl game. So apparently Bush Hamden just had a job and offer he couldn't refuse going back to Boise State as its offensive coordinator. So, well, another Boise State connection, though, however, former Boise State wide receiver Kirby Moore now the offensive coordinator at Missouri. To me, the most interesting thing 
about this is that Drinkwitz just completely admitted that it became, he said, quote, it became clear to me that the requirements of the head coach were causing me to not have full focus of the offense. And I got to be honest, that's something I've been on for well over a year on this program now. I just think that especially in today's college football. See, this job is so much different than the one Eli Drinkwitz had in 2019 at Appalachian State. Not only the jump to SEC football, but just all across the country, it's different now. The whole COVID-19 thing, well, that threw a whole bunch of wrenches into Eli Drinkwitz's first season, but I don't think he could have imagined that the transfer portal the impact that's had, name, image, and likeness. The guy was already essentially Missouri's recruiting coordinator, the head face of recruiting. To me, to do all of that, plus being the head coach, it's just too much to expect a guy like Eli Drinkwitz to also be spending, what, I don't know, 30, 40 hours a week in the film room trying to get the edge on third and five? I, I just don't think that's realistic especially if you expect this guy to be a father, as I've said before. So with all that being said, a lot of Missouri fans might be disappointed to find out that, well, Kirby Moore's offense is not wildly different than what Eli Drinkwitz runs. Now, I do think Moore has shown an ability in his in his one season as a coordinator to adjust, depending on the status of his personnel, depending on what advantages his opponent has. But if you're expecting the Missouri offense next season to look dramatically different than it has the past few seasons, I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. And you know what? I'm actually okay with that because I think a lot of things that Eli Drinkwitz does offensively make a lot of sense and actually work. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of pre-snap motion and running jet sweeps and even quick passing game that gets the ball out of the quarterback's hands. There's nothing wrong with any of that necessarily. It was just to me it was it was on the margins. Just the little things, the little edges that an, a guy who's 100% focused on the offense and and the defensive opponent from week to week, well, that's the type of thing where I think a specialist like Kirby Moore and and whoever Missouri was going to hire, whether it was Kirby Moore, or whether it was Bush Hamden like at the end of last season, I just think that's going to help Missouri. I think it has to. Because I just don't think a, full, a full-blown a full reimagining of the offense was really necessary. I just think subtle adjustments are needed. Stuff like I think actually Kirby Moore is going to run more inside zone rushing attack next year than say the outside zone. Now, the outside zone was pretty darn effective when Tyler Beatty was running it a couple seasons ago, but last year, it was actually Missouri's least effective offensive play when you look at the statistics, in large part because far too often Missouri was losing huge amounts of yards on first and second down on those plays. Those were drive-killing type plays, something that's much less likely to happen on an inside zone play. Arguably, you might be more likely to break a big one on the outside zone. But for me, for my preference, I'd much rather see my my run game churn it forward a yard or two, worst case scenario, than lose five. I'll, I'll give up the occasional 20, 25-yard gain if I'm just not going backwards. 
Again, I want my run game to be efficient. I want to know what I have for the most part. And I think that's something that really killed Missouri last season. And hopefully just that slight adjustment alone will be good for the Tigers next year. And coming up, speaking of the transfer portal, well, Eli Drinkwitz knows the portal never sleeps, and he's been hitting it really hard since I've been away the last few days, including picking up the son of former Missouri legend Joe Moore. So some really interesting names to talk about. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at BetOnline.net, where the game starts and ends, by golly, sometimes it ends in heartbreaking fashion. Like if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, my goodness, could you believe that reach-over-the-line fumble play? That was absolute insanity. The Chiefs currently eight-point favorites early in that in their game next week over Jacksonville. Buffalo, minus four against Cincinnati at home next week. Not really sure which way to go on that one. The Bengals have some real offensive line problems. Buffalo looking a little shaky on defense as well. Josh Allen kind of wants to throw the ball to the other team right now, too. So, I don't know. You tell me. Which way would you lean on that one? But regardless of what you're into, Bet Online has you covered with football, baseball, basketball, combat sports, everything you could possibly imagine, podcasts and information and news, too. It's all there for you over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, like I said before, the transfer portal never sleeps, and no more better example of that than Trey John Jeffcoat, the Missouri defensive end, just a few days after saying he was coming back to the Tigers. Well, he's put his name into the portal, so you know what that means. Drinkwitz and company had to get to work. First of all, they got another defensive lineman, Northwestern Wildcat Austin Firestone, but even more notable, they signed Joe Moore. Yes, the son of that Joe Moore, the former Missouri running back. The son, a defensive lineman from Arizona State, 6'3", 245. And one thing I thought was interesting, 6'3", 245, not that much bigger than his old man, to be honest. Played all the way, played running back, of course, all the way back in the late 60s, early 70s. For Missouri, Joe Moore was a massive human being for a running back. Just an absolute tra- freight train of a human being. Left Missouri as its all-time leading rusher in 1970. So cool to see his son back in Columbia, a guy that Missouri did recruit out of high school. Of course, ultimately chose Arizona State. Moore wasn't hugely productive statistically at Arizona State, but obviously Missouri can use all the depth it can get. And last season, the tr- the portal treated Missouri really, really well on the defensive line. So let's hope those coaches know what they're doing. That's for darn sure. Also, some other notable players signed by the Tigers, including a wide receiver out of Ole Miss, Dennis Jackson, a former four-star player out of high school. Also, Florida State safety, Sidney Williams officially signing with the Tigers out of the portal. Also, Javon Foster coming back. He was Missouri's best offensive lineman last year, I would say, without question. So regardless of who's starting quarterback, it'd be nice to have that blind side over there on the left side shored up. That's for darn sure. 
And finally, in breaking basketball news, Missouri basketball has signed another player from John A. Logan, dipping in to that Kyle Smith-Peters connection. Once again, Missouri previously signed Sean East out of that particular junior college. Well, now Kurt, Kurt Lewis has committed to the Tigers as part of their 2023 class. Three high school players previously, Anthony Robinson, Jordan Butler, and Trent Pierce are also a part of that class. Notably, Lewis shot the ball really, really well last season. Just 16 games in junior college, so take this with a grain of salt. But 49% from the three-point line, 3.6 attempts per game, which these days isn't all that much, to be honest. So again, a small sample size in terms of games, just 16 of them. And only 3.6 trays a game. He's not exactly Demoy Hodge or Clarence Gilbert at this point in terms of attempts. But hey, at this point, I'm going to trust Dennis Gates and his judgment. The guy had, he's six foot five guard, kind of fits the mold of what Dennis likes, generally speaking, in his guards. Hopefully, he'll be a nice wing player next season for Missouri. And that'll do it for this edition of Locked On Mizzou. Going to be back with you a full boat of podcasts this week yes i know a mid-season vacation not ideal but what the heck you only turn 40 once give me a break so again thanks for making locked on mizzou your first listen for your second listen check out the brand new locked on college basketball alex shade and andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court plus hear from big name experts coaches and players throughout the college landscape locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts so until next time i'm john miller and this has been locked on mizzou